0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.
1: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin
2: And a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Hey, how's everybody this morning? Ooh, a little bit chilly. Just a tad. Did you
3: put on your long underwear under your y- yes, spandex or yes, over your I spandex? Yes, I did, and,
2: and you have yet to repair those little flap in the back there Two buttons need to I, be sewed on. You're going to
3: have to get dye on that. Uh, well, right. Okay. I do a lot of things, but I, I don't do. repair your <laughs> long underwear.
2: <laughs> or short ones either. Come, come to think of it. Uh, yeah, well, there are garden questions, uh, believe it or not, at this time of year. Uh, and you I'm know, not surprised. Like, well, Why are you so surprised? Well, you know, I, I, I always thought that during the gardening or during wintertime mm. that all gardening ceased. But and people is, just I've curled learned. up
3: and went to sleep for the entire exactly. winter. Exactly. Like, Hibernated. Like, like their you might
2: plants. Say. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> and I'm surprised always when the lines just light up. But the main thing is, uh, with the garden show, the calls come in, you know, a little sporadic at the first. And then toward the end of the show, of yeah. course, everybody's trying to get on. So the deal is, call early, call often, one question per call, and the numbers to call Charlie R., 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners, and then anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. And the first voice that you will hear is that of our producer, David uh, Gaskin. Yes, isn't uh, he, He's it, the David best. David is number one on the old producer <laughs> list. He is. Yes. And... How have you been? I mean, how'd how'd your week go? Good? Uh, It went
3: well. It went very fast. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things I was doing this past week is something that happens every year in January. Uh, One of the associations I belong to is called Landscape Ontario, which is a big trade association of everybody Mm -hmm. who works in anything to do with the industry, you know, the green industry, if you will. And, you know from people that mow lawns to build swimming pools to design gardens like I do. We all belong to Landscape Ontario. And they have a big trade show every year in January for three days.
2: Big called, schmooze fest. Exactly, huh?
3: for, me, for me. You know me, a eh? Schmooze person. So, yes, that's exactly what I was doing for the last three days. Was that's You can hear it in my voice, too. I've, a, I've been talking so much. and you know, My voice is a bit hoarse. But uh, it was great. it was really you know the weather was perfect when it's when it 's snowing and you know snow squalls and storms yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of the people that attend this event, their job is to plow snow. So oh, of course, right, if it's yeah. snowing, they're not at the trade
2: show; they're out working. So since we didn't have any snow, that's pretty good. It was time, perfect. Yeah. So it
3: was a very good. I'm sure that the attendance was way up as a result of the weather. It was just perfect weather for that kind of a, an event. But sh- the weather sure has done a bit of a turnaround.
2: Where was it held? Just out of interest. Oh, here in that. Toronto oh, yeah? at the
3: Congress Center oh, yeah. uh, near that's the airport. Big spot. Yeah, yeah, and it's that's why I think why they call it Congress because it happens at Congress Center every year, and it's a uh, yeah, oh, it was huge. Oh yeah, it's hundreds of exhibitors uh, showing the the latest and the coolest in trucks and lawnmowers and snowplows and wow, plant yeah. material and fertilizers and grass seed. And it's all about, yeah, exactly, just what's neat out there and what's what's cool. Did you
2: learn anything absolutely brand new that you've never seen before?
3: I did see some products, and I will tell you some more about them as we as we go all through right. the show, some of the neat new things I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But quickly, let's uh, just see if we have anything. I didn't get a lot of email from... Our listeners or, you know, our society members Mm -hmm. who typically tell me about upcoming events. So I do want to remind you, I notice this one thing that's kind of interesting. The Master Gardeners are running a clinic uh, right from January through to April every Sunday at Centennial Park Greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Centennial Park Greenhouse. Uh, they say it's on Mill Road in Etobicoke. Um, I don't ever think of it as really being on Mill Road. The bottom line is Centennial Park is a huge park. There is, there is a lovely set of greenhouses in the park. And every Sunday afternoon from one thirty to 3.30, Master Gardeners are on hand. Mm-hmm. Free advice clinic. So if you have questions, if you're looking for an identification of something that you know a house plant you don't know the name of it, bring in a leaf uh, or an insect that's giving you uh, you know a hard time. Bring, to bring hunt, it in. Bring it in. Always in a yeah. ziploc bag or a you know sealed jar. But do yeah, absolutely. It's a great opportunity to actually show because sometimes people ask questions on the radio and it's hard to diagnose on the radio. Course, yeah. So if you need a real person, check out a master gardener at the clinic, Centennial Greenhouse, right through until April every Sunday, one thirty to three thirty. In the meantime, Master Gardeners of Ontario have events going on here and there and all over the place. So to see what's going on, go to their website, www.magoimgoi, mastergardenersofontarioincorporated.ca. And regarding your local hort societies, just go to Garden Ontario, one word, gardenontario.org, and go to this, click on societies and go to... It's all alphabetical. Every society in Ontario is listed alphabetically.
2: Hey, that's a handy website to know about. It is, for sure. All righty. I'm looking at the uh, monitor here, and I see we have someone uh, holding on line one there. Ellie, Ellie from Rochester. She's been holding since we got into the studio. Mm-hmm. So what do you say? Hey, we take a little break here now. Sure. And then Get come back. back and, Ellie. Yeah, so her uh, long-distance charges don't <laughs> add up <laughs> to a huge amount. We'll do our best here. So uh, once again, Coming it's back. the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show on the air here at AM740 Zuma Radio.
1: You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And uh, once again, the old sous chef is here too, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Ellie in Rochester. Welcome north of the border here. Ellie, how are you?
4: Fine, thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I'm calling about, I have the little black flies in the soil in my house plants. Mm-hmm. And, Can I get rid of them in any way?
3: Sure you can. What you've got, the way you test to know which plants these little flies are in is with the palm of your hand, just bang the side of the pot and a whole cloud of what look like fruit flies will fly up out of the pot, out of the soil. And uh, what they are are gnats, fungus gnats. They're little tiny, tiny flies who are, the adults aren't actually doing any eating, but the, the larval form or the, the young form of this insect is a little tiny worm, if you will, and they eat fungus. So two things you can do to eliminate this insect. One is don't water as often. So that your plant let your plants dry out more than they are between waterings. So of course, do water thoroughly when you water, but let the plants be drier, and that way you'll have less fungus in the soil, and right away you'll have fewer insects. The other thing I I use that works very well to then catch those the flying adults are little yellow. sticky strips of paper, and there's a brand name out there made by Safers called Sticky Sticks, so S-T-I-X, and you basically just, you know, look at the package, they'll show you how to put these little sticky pieces of, you know, yellow paper onto a a little stick, and you stick those all in the soil of your pots, and of course the flies are attracted to the yellow, and just like fly paper, gets stuck in it, and there you are, fewer adults to lay eggs. And it doesn't happen immediately, but within 10 days, two weeks, you should have, you know, significantly reduced the population. And within a month, you should have none left at all uh, in, in your plants.
4: Um, where do I get this sticky yellow paper?
3: The sticky sticks should be available at any of your, uh, like a Home Depot, a Lowe's, that kind of a store, or any any garden center that's open at this time of year as well would have them on the shelf.
4: I just have them, and I planted some uh, pepper seeds. the mm. little- uh, oriental pepper seeds, mm-hmm. they're hot little peppers, yeah. and they're just in those plants that came up.
3: Yeah, so they're in that soil. Now, when you planted uh, those seeds into that soil, was that fresh, brand-new, fresh soil where you opened the package just before you planted, or was it soil you'd had kicking around?
4: It's some soil that I've had here, but it was miracle Grow that I bought last fall. Right. It was a big package. I don't know if the little flies are in the whole package or...
3: Yeah, sometimes they, it's interesting how that happens. It's like you don't have any insects at all, and then all of a sudden they emerge when you you know start yeah. watering something. because sometimes there are dormant eggs just sitting there waiting for some moisture to uh, for the whole sort of world to unfold for them. So, but you, you still can certainly control and eliminate the insects that are coming up out of that seedling tray with uh, with my suggestion. Now, of course, you're not gonna be able to dry those little seedlings out because that would really affect them. But, uh, but don't hesitate to get a hold of some of those little sticky sticks. That will make a huge difference. You'll just uh-huh. catch those adults. All right. In the meantime, I, if you're not using that bag of soil uh, for any planting immediately, I would put that soil, bag of soil outside if you can, out into the cold, and then if there are any living things in there, they will die in the cold.
4: And it would be all right to use in the spring, or just I just dump it in the garden outside?
3: Oh, I, would, I wouldn't I would hesitate to use it for potting up in the spring, but it would be a nice idea to use the frost to see if you can uh, eliminate if there are any eggs in that soil just that ended up, you know, getting laid in there at some point once it was open.
4: It's fine. I'd like to mention to you, I called you last year about um, the rhubarb plants that mm-hmm. weren't growing in the soil that I have here around the house.
3: Yes, I remember, yeah. So you
4: told me to put it in a big pot. Mm-hmm. I put it in a big pot and it grew very well. I got nice leaves on it, and don't you think the deer came and ate the leaves off?
3: (laughs) Really? And they did that in the spring, or summer, even early summer.
4: They do it later in the summer when everything else is gone. They,
3: that's all they've got left around. <laughs> Gee. You it just
4: did c- what very well. And I'm looking to see now if it's going to come up again in the spring.
3: <laughs> I hope. I'm sure it will. But yeah, don't you love that? Eh? All the best laid plans, and then all of a sudden some varmint comes along and messes <laughs> up the plan. Yes,
4: I guess I have to cover with the netting or something. Yeah.
3: That, and that's an easy one, obviously, in a container to be able to just use some chicken wire or make a you know sil- cylind- cylindrical wire cage around the plant is what I would do mm-hmm. and uh, protect it from those
2: deer <laughs> Yes.
4: Hey Charlie thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your call Ellie. Love your program.
2: Take care of Rochester thank for you. us. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you very much Ellie. Bye. It's 9 uh, nine eighteen here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and yours truly Frank Proctor <laughs> saying hi to Dorothy calling in from well just probably around the corner mm-hmm. Toronto. Hello there Dorothy.
5: Hello. Uh, good morning. Morning. And uh, I, my question is uh, in the end of November, I bought three plants: the cyclamen, Christmas cactus, and the African violets. Now, none of them are blooming now, and I want to know how can I get the blooms to come back up.
3: Uh, okay, so actually, good question. Uh, the cyclamen you are un—it's unlikely you'll get that to bloom again. So, if is it still alive as a as a green? Oh
5: yes, it's got uh, gr- uh, green leaves. Lots I mean, of leaves. the leaves look healthy. Good. Well, it's the trick just that nothing's there.
3: Yeah. Well, the trick with cyclamen is you have to keep them very cool. The yeah. optimal ten- temperature for cyclamen is about sixty degrees, maximum sixty-five degrees, uh, and you only water into a saucer at the bottom of the pot. Oh. Because there is a tuber in there, and if we water into the top of the pot, there's a likelihood or a potential to actually rot the tuber. So if I
5: water it now, will it bloom again or do I throw it out? You know what? If it's
3: looking good, it's a very pretty plant, even when it's not blooming. I'd be inclined to just keep it, a, a, you know, keep it as a house plant for now. Keep it as cool as you can. It does like a bright spot. You never know; it can pop some flowers up. Uh, you know, sometime in the next month or so. So I would, I would hold on to that until it just isn't a sightly plant. And then you're right, compost. Okay. Christmas cactus, very normal that it was blooming back in November and December. Now it's in its resting phase. Mm-hmm. You keep it in a bright, sunny spot, and only water when it's bone dry. So let it dry right down and then water thoroughly. And you will continue to do that, uh, you know, right until the the sun, of course, the days get longer and the sun gets more intense. And of course, that plant can go outside in the summer or just stay indoors. But either way, the fact that it's not blooming is not surprising. That it's finished blooming for this year, it will bloom again next fall.
5: Well, that'll be at least six months from now. Exactly. Okay.
3: Okay. And now the African violet... It should be blooming. Uh, the trick with that one, of course, is it does like to be fertilized. Did you use any fertilizer on it?
5: Uh, no, I didn't. I well, no, I, I didn't I, think it needed fertilizer when it was blooming. And
3: well, that actually isn't a bad idea. So if you want, if next time you're out at a store that sells any kind of fertilizers for plants, you know whether it's a you know a Canadian Tire or even the grocery store often has a little plant section. Look for something. There's something called Granny's Bloomers.
5: Yes, I've got that. Oh,
3: you do. There you go. I've seen some
2: it's of those. It's old.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's I've fine. had it for five or six nope, years. That's
3: fine. Doesn't go bad. No. Nope. Yep. Follow the instructions on the the, the uh, bottle. You mm-hmm. know, it'll be a mix with water situation. Yeah. Next time, it's time to water. Now, the trick with African violets is do not keep a, them constantly wet. As a matter of fact, you want to let them dry down. Not quite as dry as your Christmas cactus, but you want to let them dry pretty dry not concrete dry but dry to the touch so that when you feel that soil it should have a little bit of spring in it but it should be quite dry on the surface to your fingers and then it's time to water your African violets and next time you do that you do the watering use a little fertilizer in the water and I think you'll find just if you keep them you know it doesn't have to be a bright bright spot just a you know reasonably bright location water as required, a little bit of fertilizer every two to three weeks, and I think you'll find they'll start blooming again.
5: Oh, thank you very much.
2: Well, good luck in that, Dorothy. Thanks, Dorothy. And thank you for calling the Garden Show here at AM 740. Charlie Dobbin and I will return in a moment. In fact, we're going to return right now. First, we're going to do our exercises. Because
3: we're going to, you know... People think that we are just sitting here chatting when no. those commercials are running, but we are actually preparing I'm doing
2: pushups over here uh, I
3: was going to say we're preparing mm. to um, mm. do our push-ups and the reason why is because we want to be fit. Yes. Fit people uh, have um, are, what was I just heard on the radio you're throwing a fit there? Far less likely oh, yeah. to die than unfit people. How's yes. that it's actually statistically quite relevant for how important fitness is. so to stay fit. To stay active and to be pain-free, we take on a daily basis a supplement called Sierra Sil. And of course, that is something that really helps us maintain our favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness.
2: And how can folks get a hold of this product? Well, they can
3: buy it at quite a number (laughs) of the local health food stores. Uh, One of them called Essence of Life, right in, uh, uh, in Kensington Market here in Toronto. Uh, Ambrosia Natural Foods. Well, there's one of those in Newmarket. Mm. There's one of those in Thornhill. Uh, come uh, went, a store called Foods for Life, uh Bloor West Village carries Sierra Sil, or go to the website sierrasil.ca or give them a call one eight seven seven
2: Joint 14. And talk about giving calls. I notice we have a couple of lines free right now. Uh, so, 416 360 0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll free. 1 866 740 4740. And we'll be back in just a moment to have a word with Francesca calling in from Toronto.
1: There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues.
2: Hey, hi to Dave Redinger. I uh, just walked into the studio there. He's coming up, of course, with uh, Dave's oh, Corner he's Garage. trying to sneak in early. I know. He's like
1: you,
3: always trying to take I over my show. I,
2: and I do sometimes, uh, too. You do right, a good right job. Right matter of fact, <laughs> Francesca from Toronto. Good morning.
6: Hi, good morning. Morning. I bought myself an Anthurium. Anthurium, yep. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, sort of, because it... Well, it kind of sort of remem- resembles a poinsettia, but not really. It certainly has the colors.
3: Yeah, and it's pretty and shiny. It's actually a really, it's a lovely tro- tropical plant.
6: Now, is it A, susceptible to insects? And I maybe the sticky sticks might help because I've been listening. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading the instructions, but um, how high does this thing go?
3: Oh, in terms of height? Mm. Well, how tall is it now?
6: Mm, maybe about... Uh, twelve inches. A little. I pay twenty five dollars. Yeah, it.
3: yeah. So it's a good size plant.
6: It's a good size plant.
3: Um, if you're worried that it's going to grow you, you know, you right out of the house. No, it, it never gets really that size. And typically, it doesn't grow so much tall as wide. Okay. Uh, it. The one thing I find about Anthurium is that they do need to be kept consistently moist.
6: Do,
3: oh. Have you got okay. evidence of those fungus gnats we were talking about? No. Okay, good. Uh, and no, they are not uh, something that we would consider highly susceptible to insects. Uh, okay, they, you know it's it likes to be misted. So if you have a little mister and you want to spritz it once or twice a day, that's good. They like humidity. Oh really? Uh, okay. And they and I then of course that
6: was, I didn't think it was a high maintenance plant. No, it's I
3: mean you don't have to do that, but if you wanted to do that because the, the leaves are very pretty, they're very shiny. Yeah. And if they get a little bit dusty, that's where that uh, that little spritzing can just keep them really looking that much fresher. And okay. it's a a lot of plants, I find that if they look good, they perform well. Okay. When they start not looking so good because we're neglecting them or whatever, ignoring them, uh, then they it, it's kind of they start to really go down. There's, you know, a lot of brown growth. You know, things start to look pretty ugly. So you know, any little brown leaves as they brown off, take them take them away with some scissors. Same with the flowers; they won't last forever. Oh, but really? okay. but they're super long Do they constantly
6: constantly bloom? I mean, is it just a I mean, are these flowers? These, yeah,
3: those they, red things are flowers.
6: Oh, they are, yeah, right? Yeah. Because they're very waxy looking. Yes, and exactly. Very shiny and, and all that. So it's not a bad plant to have them.
3: Right? Oh, not at all. But like I said, they do like the, the humidity. So if, if you don't want to sort of fool around with misting, consider uh, a pebble tray below the plant. So just a, a tray with gravel, you know, cookie sheet or something smaller, with a layer of gravel, and then the plant sitting on top of the gravel. And water always in the tray, so that water's always evaporating around the plant, and that can help because that is the one thing that in our in our dry you know heated homes,
6: yeah, because right now I just have the wrapping on it still, but I've, mm-hmm. i I take you know I put holes in the bottom, I mm-hmm. cut you know the holes, and it 's just in a in a plastic bowl
3: yeah yeah which is which is you know all that's fine um but but just you know suggesting that if if the whole misting idea isn't something that you can do uh, you know or don't have time or, or wish to do anything that you can do to an increase humidity is a good thing and of course bright light is important as well it should be right in a, the brightest window you've got
6: so it's It'll grow a little bit more than this, then, um, right? I mean,
3: oh, uh, you will continue to see new
6: leaves and new flowers
3: emerge, but it's not so much of a height thing. Like I say, it's more of a width thing. But they—they're never a huge plant. They're—they're they're just really—they're just really cool looking because of those, you know, wacky flowers and uh, size
6: and that stamen or something. It, you know, it's just that yellow part.
3: Yeah, that's—that's that's all part of the reproductive organs of the plant. Actually, yeah, yeah. okay.
6: I thank you very much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for your call.
3: Okay, thank bye-bye. you.
2: Thanks for joining the show. It's the Garden Show, AM 7:40. And Charlie's just showing me a picture of that uh, plant in the, uh, from a book, anthurium.
3: Yeah, and yes. odd-looking flowers, but uh, but certainly you know, oh, very striking, beautiful actually. answering. Yeah. Well, of course, and they're considered you know not cheap, but uh, very luxurious. You know, mm-hmm. so as as our last caller said, she spent a few dollars on it, but it's a uh, you know the large waxy. Uh, flowers are part of what they're so sort of famous for.
2: Well, I see we have uh, someone from North York. I don't think we've had a Jackson on the show before. Uh, so morning. good morning, Jackson. Good morning. How are you? All right. How are you? Good. Morning.
7: Morning. My question is I've got uh, spy apple trees no bloom the last 12, 14 years. I've tried everything. I've put dormant oil spray, high middle number fertilizer. The neighbor's got a, a mat close by and he gets all kinds of apples. I don't get a bloom whatsoever.
3: Well, that's pretty odd. You haven't had a bloom in 10 or 12 years. Nope. When do you, when do, you do your pruning? In the spring. Okay, in the early spring. Yep. Before there's any leaves.
7: Right. I and, tried everything. Okay. I even went to the garden centers, and they, I, I explained what I did. Well, you're doing the right thing, but mm-hmm. how come I don't get any bloom? Is
3: there lawn growing right up to the base of the tree? No. Okay, so it's not in the lawn somewhere. Because sometimes that'll, you know, when we're fertilizing the lawn or the competition with the lawn, sometimes affects trees and their ability to do their thing.
7: And I even dig little holes around three around the drip line for to, I put those plastic things, right down in the ground and put water and the fertilizer in there, in
2: the early spring It's mm-hmm.
7: still nothing. Hmm.
2: Well, it sounds like you're doing everything. Uh, yeah. I mean. Nothing
3: the the one the one thing that can happen with fruit trees is that we get a late frost and the flower buds get frosted off but yeah, in 14 one years well exactly
7: 14 years. that's pretty unusual <laughs> that's 14, that long for us. fourteen why? years in a row,
3: and also one of the things about spy apples is that they are one of the later bloomers, and that's why we they are one of the, the best ones for mm. the cooler climates of you know Ontario, etc, where you know you, those late frosts it's okay the the buds are st- still survive because they're not open yet the way some of the earlier blooming ones do lose their flowers
7: yeah it's the best apple because it keeps. If for so long,
3: has it ever bloomed? Have you ever had? Oh, never. Okay, so you know what? Maybe it's just a bum plant. <laughs> you know, that's one of those you know horticultural terms, bum plant. <laughs> it does happen sometimes. You yeah, just
2: but I've got, p- got two of them. Oh, and, and the- oh, both the same then. Yeah. Oh, wow.
3: So from the moment you you planted them as small plants, there was no blooms on them the first year and. There never has been well, such Well, I was thing.
2: told it takes 10,
7: maybe 8 or 10 years before they even bloom.
3: Oh, so these are regular standard apples? They're not dwarf or semi-dwarf nope. apples? No, nope. uh, Okay, oh, that's a good point. So, you know what, it, it could be a little bit of that going on. It's a maturity thing. How big are they now? How tall are they?
7: Oh, they're about uh, 15, 18 feet.
3: Okay, and width-wise about the same?
7: Uh, roughly, yeah. I keep them well pruned in the spring. I was going to
3: say, yeah. Pr- like, And the way they're pruned is important. So you've looked at the books on how the the proper confirmation of apple trees and how they're supposed to be right. pruned?
7: And you're supposed to have two varieties for pollination.
3: Two different varieties. Yeah. But if your neighbor's got a Mac, then you, you're, you should be fine. Right. Uh, yeah, because to have two of the same apple in your backyard, the uh, of course it's the bees and the insects flying back and forth that, that are doing the pollinating for you. Mm.
7: From, There's another thing. You only see, I've never seen a worker bee. I've always seen queen bees, but no worker bees. Um, they're, pretty, they're almost extinct.
3: Well, the honeybee population definitely has been decimated, but the, the bees will, be, will come to a flowering plant, one way or the other. And it's more than just bees, obviously, that do the pollinating. Yeah, but, but
7: it's just the queen bees.
3: Um, no, queen bees don't usually fly around that much. I'd be surprised if you're seeing queen well, I get
7: all kinds of queen bees, but no worker bees. The, you can tell the worker bee because they're brown and the queen bee is black.
3: Um, okay, well, depend, there's a lot of varieties of bees out there. I'm not sort of a bee expert, but the typically I always think of the queens as hanging out in the nest, doing what they do, which is being fed by the workers while they proceed to produce eggs, and they don't do a lot of flying around other than when they're moving the nest. Right. Um, but I wouldn't I, – if, if there are flowers on the plant and you're saying there's no fruit, I'd say, okay, we have a pollination problem. But you're saying the real problem is there's no flowers. Right. It's a really good question. I have no immediate answer, and it sounds like you've done, uh, you know, asked the question of other people and done the right thing to try Maybe and sort to get it out.
7: variety because my neighbor has got all kinds of apples. Apples, exactly. You know? well, that must be maddening. <laughs> really? If you have enough yeah. room
3: in your yard, yeah, consider adding in a different apple, another variety, or even another spy, but make sure, get a dwarf, get a, a younger plant. Because yeah. the thing about the dwarves and semi dwarfs is they do reach sexual maturity at a younger age. Yeah. So you will have fruit. At a, at a younger age, and so that I, I can only think that that might be part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. These spies just haven't reached their maturity level to to set flowers yet, but they will. Don't give up.
7: What is uh, I can't think of that name for uh, that uh, white grub they've got.
3: There's, oh, co- wasn't well, it coddling moth? Oh, there's there's a bunch that you apples it, get.
7: You no, know, you buy it in the uh, at the uh, nursery in a bag. It's uh, it they keep it in the fridge. It comes oh
2: nematodes.
7: Nematodes. That's it. There that's you what are. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nematodes.
3: The nematodes will actually eat the grubs. Yeah, that's the grubs in the lawn. You that usually
7: have to uh, do uh, two applications, I guess, to get uh, complete results. Well,
3: the thing with the nematodes is you 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 apply them if, if you you know are seeing evidence of grubs and you know decimation to a lawn or a garden. You apply the nematodes in the area at, in uh, early August.
7: Yeah, you have to water first and then water it in after.
3: Correct. Absolutely correct. So that the eggs will hatch and, of course, then the little baby nematodes find the grubs and do a good job at eliminating them for you. Okay. All right. And in, me, in the meantime, if I can find any more suggestions for you, I'll certainly talk about that next week. Okay, you sh- great, you
2: sure have been tenacious, thanks, attacking Jackson. the problem, yeah. trying. Thanks. <laughs> okay. thanks, thanks, Jackson. A lot. Okay. Thank you. Nine thirty-five here on the uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobman from AM seven forty here in Toronto, as we uh, go to uh, Etobicoke. Say hi to Marlene. Hey, hello, Marlene.
5: Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question. I have two Mm -hmm.
2: and
5: I brought them from Ecuador, uh, South America, and they were blooming for the two first years. I have them for about uh, five years. The last three years, they don't bloom. I don't know what to do.
3: Do you, are you able to put them outside in the summer or do you keep them in? Yes, yes, I do. You do. And so you end up getting them out into lots of very nice sunny spots? Yeah. Yeah, cuz that's what uh,
5: But it says it says I was reading about that and they said that they they don't need a full uh sunny space just send half half, no? Um it kind of depends. I mean,
3: when where you had them growing in or where you took them from in Ecuador, uh think about the conditions they were growing in when they were Thriving and flowering. Were they in a real sunny spot where where they were before? Or did you buy them or, or take yes, yes, some cuttings? Yeah,
5: a sunny spot, yes.
3: Yeah, so just sort of think in terms of what were the conditions those plants were in when they were looking so good back in Ecuador, and then see if you can mimic those conditions here. I always think of bougainvillea as a plant that wants lots and lots of sun. Um, sort of the secrets of success for bougainvillea are warm. In the summer, cool in the winter, uh-huh. so, so it doesn't have to be not cold, but cool because that is the dormant time. Yeah, they like um, you know lots of light, the sunniest spot available, winter and summer. Okay, in for watering, keep the compost moist, uh, um, but let it. Re, uh, sorry, dro- moist during the growing time, so spring and summer, but let the plant be on the dry side in the winter okay so that's like many of our plants this the winter is not the time we expect a lot of growth or flowering so we you know hold back on the watering be careful to not overwater in the winter uh-huh. remember to mist remember the importance of humidity uh that's one of the most important things that our tropical plants don't get in the winter is enough humidity so whether it's misting with a little spritzer or setting up a pebble tray below where water will be evaporating around the plant. Do what you can to increase humidity. And okay. it, just keeping sort of those tips in mind and thinking about starting to fertilize in the spring, not now, but in the spring, you should see flowers on that plant in the summer.
5: Okay. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. It's another one that I have. is a, a cactus. Mm-hmm. And this cactus keeps growing. It's very high now. <laughs> yes. And But the the steam, the base is very thin. So uh, somebody told me to cut it and put it down the the the, the bigger part.
3: Yes, is true that? Yeah. I, can I do that? Yes, you can do that. Um, when you want to propagate, if. So you understand what's going on. I mean, you're sneaking in a second question. So Frank's, Frank's going <laughs> to... Yeah. Oh, Patro-
2: Patrolman Proctor's just bringing out the book right about yeah, now, and you're yeah, about to he's get He's going to yell
3: at both of us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, with a, if a cactus starts to get top-heavy because... So the base is very narrow, the top is, yeah, yeah, is yeah, big and fat crazy. and healthy, and, of course, it becomes a dangerous plant. You know, it could fall over on somebody yeah. and, and hurt somebody. And more
5: branches coming up in yeah. the top.
3: A nice sharp knife, you sever the the plant at whatever point. Typically, there's kind of a joint where it makes sense to, to sever it, but you need to dry the cut end by laying the plant on a piece of newspaper for a couple of days, just sit it in a sunny spot. Let that cut end dry right out. Then you'll lift up that that plant, put that cut end into a real well-drained, sandy cactus-type soil in a pot and stabilize it as necessary. Roots will start to grow and it will, it will settle itself into a new pot and you can throw out the, that little scrawny base and the roots that were, were there on the original plant if you want or allow that to continue to sprout and come back with more growth.
5: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, I'm sorry. You're welcome. That's,
2: that's all right, Marlene. Have we, a great
5: day. Thank you.
2: We are quick to forgive here on the, on the Garden Show. Sneaky callers. Yes, sneaky. Well, uh, she was slightly encroaching on the time that we're uh, going to go to Sandy. So let's hold on to uh, Sandy's phone call from Cambridge for just a moment here okay. and to take a few messages from our wonderful sponsors here on the Garden Show. Uh, phone numbers, once again, 416 360 0740 Anywhere else in the province, like Cambridge, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie shall return to answer your questions momentarily.
1: Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: Especially after a party. Uh, <laughs> hello there. Good morning once again, and welcome to the Garden Show. Frank Proctor, the uh, sous chef of the Garden, saying hi to Sandy calling in from Cambridge. Good morning.
8: Good morning, Frank. How are you?
2: Fine, thank you.
8: I haven't talked to you in about uh, two and a half years. No kidding. What What kept you? <laughs> oh, um, I didn't have another. Sh- I didn't have another uh, pick for the diner.
2: Oh well when you, it
8: was on every day.
2: You well you give me a call later on today, okay? I miss that diner every day. Do well we'll get word to our program director about that and see what yeah. we can do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I what, do have a question for you. Alrighty. Sure. Sure. What's,
8: what's going on? Um I my daughter, you know, if she touches the ground, something grows. Mm-hmm. If I touch it, I kill it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Some people are really good. They just have yeah. a what we call green a green thumb, thumb yeah. yeah.
8: Yeah, my daughter has a, gave me a beautiful, it's called Cordana rose. Mm-hmm. It was a potted plant. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've been waiting for a couple of months. I should have called a couple of months ago, but it is kind of, I've gone limp, but I still have, oh, about eight or ten tiny roses on it. Do I cut it back or throw it out?
3: Right now it's still got little buds and flowers?
8: Well, no, they're dead. Oh, okay. They're shriveled.
3: Are, are there green leaves on the plant?
8: Uh, there's the odd one. Okay, but unfortunately, it's in it's on my back porch, and the window is it's on the speaker, and there it's about eight inches away from the speaker.
3: Okay, and is so it, it
8: does get the coolness.
3: Yeah, so the cool is fine as long as it's above zero, right? It doesn't. You
8: don't no, want it never goes below zero. It goes but uh, stays of, Stays about seventy degrees out there. Oh,
3: okay, so the trick with that one is yes, I would. Trim back anything that's shriveled or brown, particularly on the tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure, it is. it a sunny spot out on the porch there? It is in the afternoons.
8: Okay. But as I say, I have left the buds right on it, so.
3: Yeah, well, if the buds didn't open or they are just shriveled and brown and yellow, then yes, absolutely. Just a limp, get trim those off with a sharp pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. This is a plant that in the wintertime, you can allow it to dry out between waterings. Yeah, but when, is, I, I, I've let it dry out. But. but do water it once it dries out. Like, you know, water thoroughly once it's completely dry. Mm-hmm. If it dries out completely and stays dry for any extended period of time, it will die. So okay. um, so that's the trick, is do water... That, I'm not
8: sure if I'd have to take it's one of those, you know, have the um, aluminum foil
3: mm-hmm.
8: around the pot. okay. I'd have to go ahead and just take the aluminum foil off and check the bottom, uh, see if it's completely dry.
3: Well, that's right. Or just get take the foil off, just put a little a saucer below, a little plate, mm-hmm. and you can stick your finger into the soil or feel the soil, even feel the weight of the pot. I find, uh, you know, once you get the hang of the, the difference in the, the weight when it's dry and wet, it, you don't even have to touch anything other than to just lift up the pot and you know when it's time to water. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I would, I would get some... Right now I can snip. All the tops yep. off. I would, yep. If they're all kind of shriveled looking, if they're, if they're green and, you know, there's some green Not to them. Not
8: really. I mean, as I say, I should have called in two months ago. I guess, <laughs> because they've been sitting sitting there like that for,
3: yeah, all, for a four while. or
8: five weeks. Oh, that's fine, though. With shriveled tops.
3: Yeah, so a little trimming, little watering, and in the next month or so, a little fertilizer. And I think you'll find it'll come uh, right that, back. Would
8: they be all right to go outside in the summer?
3: Yes, perfect. Sunny spot out uh, outside once we're frost
2: free.
8: Okay, thank you. At least I have a chance that I haven't lost them completely. No, exactly. Okay, good luck with that.
2: You, Charlie. You're welcome. Thanks, Sandy. Uh, you take care of Cambridge for us, too. Mm. And uh, Enos in Scarborough is on the line. All about a frosty fern. Well, boy, right morning for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hi, good morning, Enos.
9: Good morning. Morning. Yeah, I have a question for you about a frosty fern. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? I do, yes. Yeah, it, it's... Pretty, pretty leaves with a white edging, you know? Right. And, and it's when I first, somebody gave it to me and I touched it, I thought, oh, that's an artificial plant.
3: Because uh, they're, beaut- they're em- almost emerald green when you when yeah. get them, yeah. yeah, and they almost look artificial.
9: It's almost like a head of cabbage, the way it looks, you know? That's
3: right, the way the leaves are layered, yeah. Mm-hmm,
9: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what is it actually?
3: <laughs> well, do the actual proper name is um, Salaginella. Sel- yeah, I have
9: the Latin name here. Oh, you do?
3: Yeah. Okay, so what is it? This It's an evergreen. It is a form of fern. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a tropical. So oh, tropical. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It has to be kept indoors. It cannot handle frost. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if it gets too cold, it will... The, the leaves will turn black, obviously from the cold. But even anything below fifty degrees, yeah. you'll often start seeing fungus on the plant. Uh-huh. So it does want to be kept warm. It's uh-huh. it is a very much of a uh, one of those kind of. Um, Rainforest type plants. It likes the humidity. It likes the warmth. Oh,
9: it uh, likes a lot of humidity too.
3: That's right, and it does not need a bright spot. It can be in a fairly low light spot, actually, uh-huh. in your home. As you know, it, it likes some brightness, but it doesn't have to be right in a window. You yeah. know, it can be just a bright spot, indirect light. Uh, moisture, of course, is important because it is a form of fern. And does it. Uh
9: stay like this all year or yep. do I put it out or,
3: or many people will put it outside and use it uh, it's kind of a neat plant if you ever do any planting of container gardenings gardens mm-hmm. and you're wanting to kind of put together some nice different textures into a pot you know some bit of flower a bit of leaf you know a bit of trailing plant yeah. the frosty fern is a really nice one to put in along with something like some gerbera daisies or some begonia something yeah. like that yeah. and just have that uh, as part of your container garden enjoy it outdoors all summer but of course take that apart in the fall repot your fern up separately into its own pot and bring it indoors
9: it's all like little plants yeah you know it's not one with a stem
3: no little plants from the root exactly it'll set up send up more and more leaves and it just becomes yeah it's a nice little kind of almost a rosette of of leaves but Uh very pretty and and bright you know it's a it's a very very pretty yeah yeah, that's that's where the of course that frosty because of the white tips. That's where the, yeah, the yeah. name comes from. But it does not like the frost, so don't uh, don't oh, be giving it any frost. Okay,
9: okay. <laughs> because I've never seen it in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it is a nice plant. You're seeing that sort of more. I think more and more at uh, many of the grocery stores. And this is the time of year when we see these mm-hmm, plants. Mm-hmm. Good, okay. good stuff. Well, good luck with that, Dina.
9: Well, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for your <laughs> thank call. You. Bye. Thank
2: you. Uh, time for me to uh, start my exercises right now. Wait a minute. I just uh, up, down, <laughs> up, down. There. It's my You're first done. eyelid. Now the next <laughs> one. Oh, uh, okay. Huh? You are just uh, Mr. No. Fit. I certainly with am. With
3: all this cold weather and snow coming, yeah, it's there's a little cold. bit of snow shoveling to do perhaps or at yeah. least salting of walkways to make sure that you know we're nice and safe out there walking. Walking is a really good form of exercise, but to be able to do all these things pain-free, any kind of aches or stiffness in the joints can be alleviated with the use of something called sierracil. Uh, it is a mineral that it comes right out of the mountains and is in a pill form under the, the trademark of Sierra Sill. It You will feel better in 14 days. If you don't, your money will be returned to you. It is available at a number of local health food stores, including Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton and Waterdown. Uh, even Nature Village in Streetsville carries Sierra Sill or Check them out on the web, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, one joint 14
1: You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And Frankie Proctor saying, put your scarf and hat and gloves and everything on this morning. It's cold out there. And okay. long underwear. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Jennifer, let's, well, I was gonna say, let's see if you're wearing it loud. None of my business. None of my no, business. Too well, much information. Yes, yeah, too much information. Jennifer from Niagara, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thanks. Morning.
10: Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I'll be very quick because we're almost out of time here. A rhododendron neighbor gave it to me sorry little soul two branches on it no babied it all summer it's in a protected south environment i suppose um not sun all day but they very nice for it mm-hmm. i planted an old evergreen i had underneath its roots did everything for it and the darn thing was forming buds mm-hmm. which was great now you know the weather we've had down here all yeah. through ontario yeah. ah, it was too nice to bundle it with burlap well, a couple of weeks ago, it started. our night started getting quite crisp. So mm-hmm. I was whipping out with a black garbage bag and covering it up, because I can see all these lovely buds coming. Well, last Thursday, I missed my whipping out with a garbage bag. <laughs> and
5: <laughs>
10: I don't know how, I don't, I can't, I think my buds have all fallen off. Is there any hope for it rebudding this spring, or shall we... Go through the whole procedure again for next year, <laughs> okay and this time I will bundle it regardless. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, well, but if you if you're a, a listener of the show with any consistency, you've probably heard us talk about rhododendrons.
10: Yes, I, I do listen to your show, and I have heard, but I hadn't until my neighbor gave me this one. For she was throwing it out. Right. She said she'd ha- it had it. Yeah,
3: it's too well, much. It hasn't. Well, no, no, that's right. And it's a great plant, and you're in a good location to have a rhododendron in Niagara because you've got that gentler kind of temperatures going on. Oh, yeah. Sounds like you found a good spot to plant it, and all the babying and TLC is great. (laughs) However, that nightly whipping out with black plastic is obviously more than anybody wants to do. So what I would do in the fall is drive some stakes into the ground around the plant, four stakes into the ground, and then the burlap goes Around the stakes, right. so that you've now bit, built a bit of a cylindrical or a square hut around the plant, yeah. with no roof on it, and what that's a
10: wind protection.
3: I exactly, and yeah. then just throw some leaves into your cylindrical. Once it gets cold enough, uh, you, sometimes I'll keep leaves aside in a in a garbage bag, just in the garage or whatever, mm-hmm. and then throw those leaves in on top, or right. pray for snow because right. snow is also very very good to fall inside something like yeah. that. The um, the buds are formed in the late summer, and They're the fat, round, juicy flower buds. Mm -hmm. If those have suddenly disappeared off the plant... Uh, then yes, it may just be a green plant this spring. Mm-hmm. However, yes. it will, you know, it, with all that good care you've been giving it, and it's in a good location, mm-hmm. it will set buds again late next summer. And, you know, what the yes. the trick, of course, is to maintain those buds through the winter so that they can crack wide open in the spring. Well, I'd really like to see what color it is, but I guess we won't know now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you will. It's a patience thing, Eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and keep in mind, it's been such a crazy winter. A lot mm-hmm. of our early bloom... I'm surprised. You're the first person who's called and kind of brought brought up that question about it's been so mild Mm -hmm. those buds those flower buds the forsythia the witch hazel Mm -hmm. um, things like rhododendrons the magnolias many of the very early blooming plants have these fat juicy buds that are all ready to go when spring comes but of course it's been so mild it's been like spring so yes we've had some flowering early on some of our plants
10: just a quick aside and a, a cute little story. Found some daffodils in the garage mm-hmm. last week
3: that mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about, and mm-hmm. I planted them. Yeah, ground it's isn't frozen. Wild,
10: you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden this, so one extreme to the next.
3: Yeah, I, and <laughs> yeah. that's hard on the plants. That mm-hmm. That is hard, that extreme. You know, we can at least turn up, you know, close the doors and windows and stay inside, but mm-hmm. we have to have the plants able to withstand these extremes, and that's where those little huts can sometimes make a difference.
10: Well, do you know, I know better, my dear. <laughs> I, I just was hoping we might
3: get some buds <laughs> Well, no. don't give up. That's the main okay. thing. You're on the right track.
10: Okay,
3: thank <laughs> thanks you so a much. lot. Thanks, Jennifer.
2: Thanks. Okay, uh, and a quick hi to John here in Mississauga. Yeah, we can squeeze that call in. I uh, to. Oh, you know, to John, hold just on. hold on for a moment. There, we do have a question that came via mail.
3: That's right. Uh, uh, well, mail, actually, yeah. yeah, snail mail and and also via a phone call. Uh, Mary Jane Smith, orchid given to her as a present over Christmas holidays. Sounds like you know the kind of orchid many of us get as Christmas gifts. That's the phalaenopsis orchid or moth orchid, typically pinks and purples and whites. Lovely plants. Uh, of course, the issue is what's going on? Buds are falling off. Leaves are turning yellow. It sounds to me like uh, what's going on here in this particular situation and often in many situations is too much water. So Mary Jane, cut back on your watering. You do not want to keep that plant constantly moist. She said she's using a moisture meter. Here's, here's a good little trick that can sometimes help. It, and, and all, it's so simple. Once a week, three ice cubes on the, right on the surface of the, the soil or the bark, because orchids are planted into bark, place three ice cubes onto the, the bark and walk away. And you've just done your watering.
2: Wow, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: a, the, way, the reason that works well is because it's a slow uh, melting of the ice cube, so it's a very slow uh, penetration into the soil, percolation mm-hmm. down through the, the, the bark. It's an excellent way to water orchids. The other way is to water by misting and not ever really pouring water into the plant because it's super easy to end up with just a mushy, rotting root situation in, that, in amongst all that bark. So cut right back. No fertilizer for now. Uh, yellow leaves, yes, indeed, as they become yellow, remove them. Any buds as they shrivel, remove them. Don't cut away any stems. Leave all that alone because more buds can form. And, uh, and yeah, three ice cubes a week, and you're good to go.
2: Terrific. Okay. Okay. And we do have time to uh, say hi to John, I do believe. You think? Mrs. we're Sunday? really fast. All righty. Get really fast there, John.
8: <laughs> Morning. Good morning. Actually, um, my husband was calling on my behalf because I was answering the doorbell. Oh, (laughs) no problem. My name is Lois, and what I want to know is where can I buy Granny's Bloomers? I've tried three garden centers, and they don't have it.
3: Okay, good question. I am going to report back on that next week. Because okay, off the top of great. my head, I don't know. And you're in Mississauga. So let's yeah. see what we can come up with for a location.
2: My, my first thought was a lingerie shop. What do I know? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Licenza,
3: didn't you know? Yeah.
2: Thanks, yeah, we, we uh, Charlie definitely does her homework, and she'll report to you next week on that and uh, my gosh the so, time has flown as my usual
3: it's just two, and great calls thank yeah. you everybody for all those great calls um, you know what i still i have one more question here and it's all about a agapanthus but i think what we'll do is we'll talk about the agapanthus next week as well email from stella so remember you can send questions by email i'll do my best to get to them on the show email address c dobbin at am740.ca or write a letter. If you Absolutely, wish to. Yeah. yes. Well, and once again,
2: a pleasure, and I love you, you know what the the best tip so far for me this morning mm. was the. For orchid lovers, the three ice cubes Everywhere. week. That's your watering. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's it. That's your watering. Pretty cool. Yeah, so you're mixing yourself a little scotch on the rocks. Yeah, little, steal little rocks. A couple books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only the rocks for the plants. No, uh, no scotch. Okay. <laughs> so you're back uh, in an hour.
2: Yes, I'll be on the air from eleven through till three with live in the city, and then of course a whole hour of Frank Sinatra music three to four. And nice. And in betwixt now and then, Dave's Corner Garage is on the way.
3: That's right, and I, I see the gentlemen are here with it. The...
2: the boys are. Here here, and they're, they're Engine's looking in fine fettle, I must They're uh, <laughs> using some of those ice cubes we've been talking about.
3: <laughs> thanks, everybody, for your great calls. And thanks so much, Dave. He's the best. And Frank, it goes without saying, thank well bless you your for all your support. See you all next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.